When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for joining us on this week's Tripe Supper. Uh, we're going to get straight into it. Itor Karanka has been linked uh, loosely with the Sunderland job this week following Gus Poyet's uh, unsurprising dismissal. Um, I mean, his odds tumbled from 20 to 1 to 14 to 1, I think, in the first couple of hours. There was never any reason to worry, was there? To me, it wouldn't matter if he was 1 to 10 odds on favourite. Um, I mean, these, these odds uh, in bookies are made up by uh, idiots and chances and, and a combination of computers reacting to rumours and someone putting a daft tenor on because a bloke down the pub told them. Mm. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, every time Karanka has, has, has been... Uh, every time there's been a vacancy somewhere, uh, I talk Karanka has been immediately installed as the top two favourites. And will be in future. I mean, there's, a, there's a vacancy right now for Middlesbrough's mayor, and I reckon you could probably get a four-to-one on him, something like that. <laughs> Even when Borough, the Borough hot seat was vacant, you know, we saw how easily manipulated that, that betting market is and I really don't understand why anyone would, would follow the odds. In the space of a couple of days we had Mike Phelan was odds on favourite, uh, Fabrizio Ravanelli piped up in Italy and suddenly he was odds on favourite Holloway, lingered Holloway even there. though the, the chairman had specifically ruled Pulis. him out mm. Pulis even though the chairman had specifically ruled him out Neil Warnock even though the chairman had specifically <laughs> ruled him out it makes no one. The actual reality of the situation is not reflected in, in this particular betting market. In most markets, there is some logic to it. You can see either statistical evidence or you can see the bits fall into place. But this is a market which is so easily manipulated. Why would people put money on this? I mean, it's a compliment to put around to yeah. what the work he's doing, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, I think, I think it says a few things. I, say, I think it says a lot about the dearth of good quality managers available at any one time because if you drew up a shortlist of five or six managers that you truly want for any club that's got any ambition to do well in the Premier League and by do well I mean finish in the top half and occasionally cap, you know, take a scalp or two off the big boys uh, maybe do well in the Cups it'd be pretty difficult to get a really good strong sh- shortlist if only because there's such a high turnover of managers and there's few managers who haven't had their fingers burned by going to the wrong club or being being harshly dealt with by a chairman, I think I think people, you know, and I, I think it, I understand why sometimes why why people like Artur Karanka get linked with jobs because he is an up and coming manager that is absolutely without question. But I think what people need to bear in mind is the reasons why he came to England in the first place, and the re- you know the reason why he turned down Crystal Palace to come to Middlesbrough because the day we confirmed that he was coming to Middlesbrough. A lot of people were writing that he's about to be appointed Crystal Palace's manager because why would he go to Middlesbrough when he could go to a Premier League club, albeit they were struggling at the time desperately. But the reason is he bought into the project here, and that's a bit of a cliche and it's been rolled out a lot. But that is genuinely what he wanted. He wanted an experience of managing in England, he wanted the right circumstances to manage in England, and he saw in Steve McLaren a chairman who would give him time, who would support him who had the infrastructure in place. You know, Middlesbrough are a Premier League club in waiting. They're not, um, you know, they're not Doncaster. 
of, uh, for want of a better example. They're not they're not a club who've got a really dodgy training ground um, with a few you know a few porter cabins um, and uh, you know some some dribbly showers. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that's not the case at Doncaster, by the way. But they're, they're a club where the infrastructure is in place, and he could see that if you got it right here, you'd get a club into the Premier League, either a club that was had been in the Premier League and was established, that can attract players of the right type. He knew about the network of, of scouting that the chairman set up with clubs like um, Atletico Madrid, um, Roma, Juventus, uh, to name but three, and. He saw that he could genuinely make a, a big impression in management. Now, he will leave Middlesbrough one day, and we'll talk about this, but he will leave Middlesbrough when the circumstances suit him. Now, would he want to go into a club like Sunderland, as, as an obvious example of a club that is struggling? They've got a, they've got a playing staff that is going to be hugely overhauled in the next 12 to 18 months to make it competitive again. You know, A bit like Tony Mowbray had to do with Middlesbrough when he came here. So it just doesn't stack up. Now, if a Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Valencia, Madrid, whoever came knocking, then let's be let's be clear about yeah. it. He's going to think long and hard about that because that's his next step. But at the moment, to 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 jump from this this project that is going in the right direction, he would argue a year ahead of schedule. Um, I just don't see it happening. And he's reiterated his, his sorry, Vic, he's, he's reiterated his, his admiration for Gibson on numerous yeah. occasions this but season. But hasn't whenever he? these stories surface, and it's not just I talk around, it's any managerial vacancy, to be honest. It's deeply depressing how predictable, lazy, and stereotyped the, the response to it is. Not just by fans, who fans will obviously you know, throw up their own candidates, but the press. I mean, Alan Kirby is still being linked with jobs. <laughs> and he, you know, he hasn't managed since decimalisation. No, no. And it's just so predictable, the list that comes up. Graham Sooners. Graham Sooners has got no intention of returning to management. Mm. George Gray, it's just so dull and predictable. Glenn Hoddle and the stage, didn't he, earlier? Yeah, and you well. also think, well, that thinking is also infecting boardrooms mm. and managers. And the shortlists are so stereotypical and one-dimensional and that's why English football is in a mess mm. and we, we've seen from clubs like you know uh, Southampton who've gone abroad for managers mm. that were so left field here in England because we're so ignorant of the world game and we think oh wow that's a really weird curveball whereas in fact it was a really well researched uh, appointment that fitted the needs of that club mm. which is why Karanka has been a success here it's not, it, it's not just an arbitrary choice. He was the right fit for this club. That's why he's been a success. Put him in Crystal Palace, he might have been a disaster. It's about doing your research, and that's the only way to make a success for a club with limited resources. I mean, there was a controversy a couple of weeks ago over Brentford, who have raised question marks over Warburton mm. and have said he's going to be replaced in the summer. They know exactly what sort of manager he's going to be replaced with. It's someone that fits in with their philosophy. Now, you can either say oh, that's crazy destabilising a team at a high point, or you can say that's a club that's operating 
on a rational basis. I've got a game plan. Yeah. So when you know when the end season comes up and they open the book on Mark Warburton's successor, you know Alan Kirby is going to be three to one. <laughs> you know I talk. The club have, have specifically stated their criteria for recruiting their next mm. manager. Yet you know Alan Pardew will be in there. Eddie Howe will be in there, and somebody, some stupid individual, is going to go and put fifty quid on on them because he's twenty five. Oh, I really fancy him, like, and that's that to me is a depressing example of of the insular nature of English football. No one's got any imagination. No, I was going to say there are many because when when the Warburton thing was announced, I remember just having a search on Twitter and the likes for for Brentford, um, and I was surprised in that many of the fans had kind of said, you know, this every decision this chairman's made has worked. Let let's go with him. And there are many who think outside the box, like like Gibson or well, or they did at Southampton. Well, they're going to say look at Southampton because mm. the universally when Nigel Adkins was sacked, and I thought I'll put my hand up. I was one who was critical because I thought the guy had done a pretty good job at Southampton. Whatever you think of, the, of him personally. You look at his record at Southampton, he got them out of the old third division, third tier, whatever you want to call it, League One, mm. into the Championship, got them promoted, um, and, and, and they weren't setting the world on fire, but they didn't look necessarily as though they'd go back down. But somebody at Southampton decided, look, that guy was good enough to get us this far, but in our structure, we think we've got a strong, strong enough structure, a rigid enough structure, whereby we can remove that element, put in somebody... Pochettino, as it turned out, and take us to the next step. Now, I, we all, you know, unless you were a keen student of European football, like Vic says, people in this country, by and large, says, Pochettino who? You know, what's that all about? Where's that coming from? I hope that, you know, I hope it blows up in the faces and I hope... I mean, Southampton's performance over the last couple of seasons, including this season, of course, which again shows that the structure's pretty good, when you think how many players they lost last summer... There must be something working there for that to happen because to lose your five or six best players over this course of a summer, they were everyone's tip to go back down. Mm. So, so there is there is a new model emerging of how to run a football club, and I think Borough might eventually go down that line, you know, possibly later rather than sooner. But it's clearly works, and then you've got the other model. Which is every every March, February, March, April, sack a manager like Sunderland and bring in Neil Warner, or yeah. do it do it every September, <laughs> and it's proven that doesn't doesn't work. It didn't work with Middlesbrough when they did it. You know, it, the the whole you know the the whole, whole knee jerk um, way of appointing managers, you know, is 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 it's not fit for purpose, and it's and it's not doing as Vic says football any good either. And another Sunderland thing, I know, kind of you know. On Teesside, no one needs a second invite to uh, to give Gibson the credit, rightly so. But uh, with the Sunderland thing, I know Roy Keane has came out and said, you know, it's Ellis short. The, Paulo Di Canio's done the same. And it comes a time when you've got to take a step back and think, when there's a manager being sacked every however often and there's no grand plan, what chance do the manager stand? And, and I think the likes of Karanka, when you take a step back, you think, you know, how, how lucky they really are to be working under someone like Gibson. When you, when you get into that cycle where you, you demand results and you, you impose someone, uh, very often you, they come in, they're working with someone else's team, uh, someone else's style, and they take over a demoralised team and they've got very, very little time to turn it round. So... It'll have a massive inf- in, impact on their own CV, and a lot of a lot of good managers won't take a job in in that situation because they don't want the black mark on on. I mean, anyone that, that takes over Sunderland now, or any of the, the teams that, that that will no doubt become available in the next couple of weeks, 
you're on a hiding or nothing. Because even if you do your best, you take them down and you've got a relegation on your CV. Mm. So a lot of people, good people, won't take the job well, in those circumstances. Well, Phil Brown was on, I don't know if you saw Phil Brown was on the Football League show on Saturday night talking about Mogger and he was uh, you know, saying to Mogger it was a brave move because if it doesn't work out, Coventry, you know, you've got a former Premier League manager who's suddenly got this black mark of, of dipping down in the league too. It's the risk, well, isn't it? I yeah. think the danger is when you've got a high turnover of managers, you're not just dealing with the previous managers you know, detritus. You're dealing with two and three managers down the line. I mean, because the, the famous summer to end all summers a couple of years ago when when um, Paolo Di Canio and his director of football brought in, what was it, 11, 12, 13 players, uh, many of whom we've still yet to see. And that can... That, that can you, you're right, it goes back to the leadership. They appointed Ellie Shaw, obviously, clearly, I think even by his own admission, isn't a football expert. So he put his trust in somebody else... That guy, I forget his name, the Italian, wasn't it, mm. who came in and, and was had this grand plan, it would appear, to, to bring in virtually an entire first team. And within a, a handful of weeks of the start of the following season, Poirier had gone, sorry, um, Di Canio had gone um, amid... You know, Much laughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> however you want to describe it. I mean, it was just imploded, didn't it? And, you know, Gus Poirier... Um, you know, whether, whether you, you, I don't want to do, talk about having sympathy with managers as such. I just I think you know any manager would have struggled in those circumstances. I don't think he helped himself. I think he the cup run last season got him out of jail a little bit, yeah. and to keep, he did really well to keep oh, him up it, against. It the was odds. a miracle, but, one but there, was, there was never any, any evidence that the, you never you look back at Gus Poirier's time at Sunderland. There's no evidence that he's particularly great manager. And you talk to people who watch Sunderland week in, week out, they say his signings just haven't worked. No. I mean, to be successful, a football club has to be <coughs> united and a team off the pitch as much as on it. Yeah. And you can look at, a, say, Newcastle, for instance. Newcastle, by one perspective, is a successful club. You know, they're staying in the top flight, they're banking the money, they're running at a profit. Uh, it's, not exa- out, selling it's not exactly... Money ball, but they are making a profit on their transfers, and in one perspective, that's a, that's a good business model. But they're not a successful club because the management, the staff, the team, and the ownership are all on different pages, and that that's a recipe for disaster. At the minute, it's working. I mean, they are as long as they stay mid-table and they you know they earn the money, then Mike Ashley will can laugh his way all the way to the bank. Doesn't matter how frustrated the fans are. You recruit a manager that's a yes man and does more or less what he's told, given the, the criteria. But it's not a successful or a healthy club. And you compare that to you know Southampton, for instance, where there is that ethos that everyone buys into. To Borough, where everyone buys into that. that South, uh, Swansea, another example. Yeah. If you know, if everyone agrees with the perspective, then you, you have much more chance of. Sustained success. Well, I think the unique, the the unique thing about Newcastle, about the clubs you've just mentioned, is they're the only club who've actually stated their limited ambitions. Mm. We don't want to do well in the cups. So there's there's only three trophies you can win in a given season: the league and the two cups. They're never going to win the league in a million years, and virtually anybody but Manchester City and Chelsea are outside that club as well. So you've only really got two opportunities to win silverware, and whatever you think of supporters, they de- they deserve to watch a team at least have a goal. Yeah. And, I, you know, Southampton maybe struggling the cups a little bit as well, but at least they're, you know, they're, at least they're apparently trying to win it. Swansea have had a cup, they've done a borough, they've won a cup. Um, Newcastle just, 
you know, the, the, the stated aim is literally to tread water in the Premier League, not go down and not overshoot. Um, and that's a whole other story. I think, I think the situation at Sunderland is... They're a little bit like Middlesbrough were when Gordon Strachan walked out the door. Mm. Obviously in a different division. But whoever comes in, he's got a lot of sorting out to do. And Tony Mowbray did that at Middlesbrough to the point where Aitor Karanka could walk through the door and benefit greatly from the fact that he didn't have to um, manage the Scott McDonald situation or, or you know or three or four other players we could we could roll, roll off the tongue. Um, the new guy at Sunderland is going to have a horrendous task. So, but but perhaps the the long term thing at a club like Sunderland and and, and similar to what Middlesbrough, you've got to put your faith in somebody eventually and decide that they they've got the right ideas. Now whether you go out and recruit a top. Um, um, football <coughs> director, director of football, whatever you want to call it, or whether you put it, the faith back into the manager like mm. we did in the old days, the manager made. But the moment you do that, you're back to square one if you sack him. Yeah. So um, you're right, going back to the models, you've got to decide what sort of club you want to be. Back to Borough then, uh, earlier this week, Karanga was talking about Carriol uh, and the fact that it sounded like he might not have a, a role to play from now until the end of the season. Have you been surprised by the fact? Because, I mean, in January, Karanka was talking about how Carriol was going to be like a new signing, wasn't he? Have you been surprised by how he hasn't been able to, to break back into the squad? Well, you, you've got, it was a very, very serious injury. That's the first thing you've got to say. Uh, and there's no need, as long as the team's ticking over, to rush someone back. And personally... I'd rather have him back and fit rather than thrown in at 68%. That's my own feeling. The other factor is that in the background, obviously, every player, as we know, gets better by the week when they're not playing. So the demand to have him back uh, grows to the point where it's almost like a guaranteed certainty victory if we can get, only if we can get him on the field. I don't buy into that. Uh, I think if the manager thought for a second that he was fit enough and... Uh, in con- in the right mind, or uh, if he was schooled in the way that the, the squad was working, I think the manager would play him. And I think at the end of the day, you've got to leave it to the boss to decide that, irrespective of what the, the punters want. Yeah, I think I think I, I think I can see him being used as an impact. So mm. I, I can see that because you know it's been a year now, just over a year, and. He has played under twenty one games. I think that's part of the problem. How does a footballer now get yeah. high intensity action under his belt without playing in the championship? It's virtually impossible. Yeah. So it's very difficult. It's not surprising if a player's been out for a couple of weeks, because you know, players rarely play reserve team football this, these days, whatever you want to call it. But if a player's been out for a year, he hasn't had a pre season. So, you know, you're right, they were talking about him coming back in January, but it's baby steps really, isn't it? If you put if you put him in now and he suffers a relapse, or if you put him in a month ago and he'd suffered a relapse. As Vic says, any player out of the team is better by virtue of the fact that they're not playing in, in the eyes of the out the observers, aren't they? But um it's probably been a little bit unlucky that the, the, the frequency of games and the type of games we've had to play haven't lent themselves to giving a player an hour here or an hour there. <coughs> I mean, he was on the bench briefly at one point, wasn't mm. he? Yes, yeah, and he might. Have, I mean, I thought I was actually said I've been waiting for an opportunity to use. We said that a couple of weeks. He hasn't had done much under twenty-one no. time though. Yeah. Has and we he? saw what happened with Reese Williams, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. may have may I mean, have uh, raised yeah. a little bit of a note of caution. He mm. may be thinking, and, and Ayala. Yeah, he may be thinking. You know, okay, we've you know before too long, we're only going to have half a dozen games to go. Yeah. Is it really? Do I really need to take that gamble? 
I've got I've already got Will Shut knocking on the door, not getting any action. I've got Ricci in and out of the team. The Desmarau on loan. Out on loan. Mm. You know, he's you know, Burra, you know, if, if Burra are winning, I can't see the incentive necessarily to get him out there. Um, other than the fact that, as I say, an impact sub. I think partly the clamour has been uh, given a bit of a boost by the fact that he's played ninety minutes in the in the Rajis. He's played thirty minutes here, sixty minutes there. And he's had one one full game. And you tend to think, oh, well, if he's playing, he must be fit. But, I mean, he's been out for a year. Mm. You know, and 90 minutes run out against a bunch of 17 and 18-year-old kids <coughs> is not preparation to, to go into a, a potential title decider at Derby or Bournemouth. Mm. I mean, that, that's the simple fact of the matter, is that I don't want to expose him. Having said that, I, 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 he, will, he will at some point be back on a football pitch, if not by the time this is broadcast. So... Um, but I think the way Aitor was talking, he was kind of putting the message out there that don't really expect to see too much of him this season. Um, you know, let's get him basic. Let's get him right. We've got options. We've got a good, strong squad. We've got this far without him, and you know we're all you know we all like Muzzy on his days. He's a terrific player to watch. A very talented player, but um, we don't want to see him suffer any kind of Reese Williams type breakdown. And um, it may be just that you take you take the you know that must be so frustrating for him. To be out a year, you know, it must be. I can't imagine what it's like because you only get a short career at the best of times as a footballer, and to lose a full year of it must be desperate. But um, hopefully, he gets himself fit. If he doesn't make an impact this season, who knows if Burrow can get promoted? His next significant contribution might be the start of next season in the Premier League, and that would be some that would be some solace for him. We had the intern do a welcome back muzzy graphic about three or four weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It's still on my desktop, just ready to use every weekend. And cheers, Phil. Cheers, Vic. That's Thanks great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.